Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to the special presentation of KMOX Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Recker. On May 31st, 1990, C-SPAN, which is the government-controlled public broadcasting entity that covers American politics, joined the KMOX radio broadcast team as they hooked up to Russia, one of the many broadcasts between the two nations at the time. After Bob Hardy wrapped up the connection, it was time for another show, which C-SPAN also would air between Bruce Bradley and Ann Keefe, two legendary KMOX broadcasters. In an effort to look back at KMOX history and also to highlight some of the many talents on this radio station, enjoy the next hour as we rebroadcast that show which aired on May 31st, 1991, downtown at KMOX. I'm Mary Phelan, and that's time for a special edition of Ann and Bruce. Is it sexist to say, Ann, because I rely on you for my judgment, that both you and Mary look smashing today, that you look wonderful, that you look good, you look better than Deborah Norville, and you're more successful than she is, most certainly? That certainly is sexist, Bruce. It is sexist? Yes. All right. But I like it. <laughs> we'll Tell move, me more. Tell me more. We'll move on to something else. I think we ought to explain, first of all, to our C-SPAN audience all right. uh, this morning, because our local audience knows this, that what we do on this show is uh, go into it saying, hi, how are you, and what's on your mind, and then it, it's sort of like cleaning out a closet. We just stand in there and throw ideas out, and it has very little uh, form or unity. So if they're looking for form and unity, uh, don't take notes. Years ago... Fred Allen, who maybe is a name not familiar to a lot of people these days, but he was a famous comic and a good fellow back in the 1940s and 1950s, Fred Allen said in defining the job of a vice president of a corporation, he said his job was to get to his desk at 9 o'clock in the morning and find a molehill and make a mountain out of it by 5 o'clock. <laughs> That's what we'll be doing between now and, uh, oh, and the next great at that. 45 minutes. Okay, let me give you uh, a molehill here from which you can build a mountain. This is uh, Newsweek this week. Uh, one of my favorite people, George Will. Oh, the baseball writer. The baseball writer. You got the guy. Uh, he's talking about Michael Barone's book called Our Country, the Shaping of America from Roosevelt to Reagan. Very heavy title. He says that Barone's uh, thesis is that politics divides America along cultural, not economic lines. And the salient question, he says, is not who gets what, but what kind of and whose country is this? Well, George Will would have been right about 10 years ago. In fact, if he'd written this column in 1980 or 1981, he would have been considered a seer because these are the things he's describing that happened 10 years ago 
George, just as in his baseball writings, is out of step with the rest of the world. He's writing about <laughs> baseball 30 years ago. He's also writing about politics 10 years ago because his assumption is that we are doing swimmingly economically. And, of course, only the stock market is doing well. Everyone knows that when the stock market is doing well, the rest of us should worry because if you're not crazy by the time you get into the stock market, you will be as soon as your money's invested. So the stock market is a bad example of how we're doing. The rest of the country is a good example of how we're doing, and we're not doing well economically, and cultural interests have had it. We are in for a period of stark conservatism. And Do you George think that's is, why Jerry Falwell backed out and said, my job is done, uh, no more moral majority? No, it's because he failed. He was the wrong source. Ah, okay. But, but wait a minute. Uh, according to Will here, he says that the Democratic Party did its job. Thank you, George. Uh, it fostered college education, home ownership, and he says we've got a really great, prosperous middle class, and they don't have to worry about money anymore, so they're worrying about abortion, flag burning, pornography, dirty words on uh, television and radio. I mean, the really essential things, and that certainly is true in the Midwest. We're worried about those things, Bruce. Well, we are worried about them, but we've always been worried about them. We have always been in the Midwest, and I use the term we even though I've only been here four years. We have, we have considered ourselves in the Midwest as keepers of the moral flame. Oh, that's grand. The bastion of morality. And what I'm saying is not that people in the Midwest are better or more superior morally to people in the East or in Washington or in Los Angeles, all the opinion capitals. But I think we get the news faster. I think we get the information faster, and we keep it longer. I think Washington is out of step. I think George Will is out of step. And I think people who are fighting for the National Endowment for the Arts are out of step. And I think this country is about to go into an economic handbasket, and you will see... You will see frightening conservatism. I'm not saying it's a well, good idea. Well, wait a minute. George points out that Dukakis, and that wasn't so long ago, running for office, uh, tried to talk about child care, uh, college tuition, uh, more health benefits for everybody in the world, and other economic matters, and he lost, Bruce. If Brooke Shields had run, she would have done better than Mike <laughs> Dukakis, because she would have looked better in a tank. That's and in a tank top for a that matter. A tank top for that matter, absolutely. George Will so, says, as economic concerns matter less, cultural questions matter more. And that was true, but it's no longer true. He says, peace and affluence produce cultural diversity, which in a nation as dynamic as this one, produce anxieties. Democrats won when the country was morally comfortable, but economically troubled. Republicans rose when those conditions reversed. I'm saying they're reversing again, and the country is now economically troubled and morally troubled also. But money comes first. Well, you've got to stop looking at those street people. They don't represent America, Bruce. Those huddled masses in the doorways, those are not Americans. Uh, those are uh, a subculture that we're kind of embarrassed about. And frankly, we don't want them, any of us, living in our neighborhood, right? You're right. As a matter of fact, the Post said in one of their wonderful editorials a couple of days ago, they were referring to Tom Brown in St. Peter's, the mayor of St. Peter's, uh, who is trying to elevate his community financially. He wants houses in the upper $100,000 range, one hundred and fifty dollars to $200,000 houses, and he doesn't want low-income housing because it's not in my backyard. You don't want low-income housing in your backyard. The Post says, rather huffily, Mayor Brown needs to be reminded of a few facts of American life. Everyone has the right to live anywhere. Well, baloney. Or somewhere. Well, I mean, let's grant somewhere. Somewhere, yes, okay. but not anywhere. Otherwise, I would live in Clayton or Ladue if I wanted to. Or move to Westchester County and commute. Or Wentzville. <laughs> yes. Or some, some glorious place like that. What I'm saying is that we don't have the right to live anywhere. We don't have the right 
to have all these things that people have been saying we've had the right to have, there just isn't enough But money. wait a minute. We do have the right to live somewhere. We have the right to life, which includes having somewhere to live, doesn't it? And enough to eat and enough basic medical care so at least we don't start plagues again in America. The we need that. Huh? The pursuit of happiness. Pursuit. No, no, the pursuit of survival, I think, is very significant. And what concerns me is that it seems... Uh, I agree with George Will uh, and his analysis of Barone. I think we are in a phase of looking at morality rather than economy because we don't want to face the economy. We don't want to talk about the deficit. We don't want to talk about the uh, trade imbalance. We don't want to talk about those things. So we talk about morality instead. What concerns me is instead of talking about those street people, those women with children living in doorways or in cars, uh, the young people who can't afford a house, the poor education system we have, the poor health system we have, instead of those becoming moral issues, we're talking about burning the flag, which somebody did years ago once, you know? We're talking about rock lyrics. We're talking about uh, abortion without dealing with the basic premise of why we need it to begin with. That's what concerns me. It's the wrong moral issues, I think. Yeah, I agree with that, but oh, I... good. <laughs> But when you said earlier that you don't think the Midwest thinks it's more moral, I disagree with you. I think the Midwest thinks that that's where America lives and that the East and West Coast uh, keep coming up with waves of craziness that we just have to buffet out here. All right. The question could be then, it might be, at least one of them, are we reactionary Neanderthals in the Midwest <laughs> or... I wouldn't phrase it just that way, Bruce. Or are we on the cutting edge of the moral tone of the 1990s? Good. I like that, Bruce. And That's the question. 436-7900-1-800-347-1120. And we shall return, hopefully, with your calls, unless we've upset you too much. Welcome back to this replay hour from the KMOX archives, dating back to May 31st, 1990, with KMOX legends and Keefe, and Bruce Bradley. It is Ann and Bruce at 436-7900 and 1-800-347-1120. We're here on KMOX Radio in this unusual hour for us, and that's because we're on C-SPAN as well, all over the country, so we'll try to behave ourselves. And the question essentially was, are we just living in the past in St. Louis and in the Midwest? Are we, are, we, are we a laugh and a half to the rest of the country? Do we have these values that no one else subscribes to anymore? Or is the world coming around to our direction which was, of course, correct to begin with. That's what we call a journalistic, non-slanted question. Ronnie well, would be proud of you. You're on the air. Hello. Hi. I have a little different slant to morality and ethics and survival today that, I, that I'd like to share with you, and I hope that you'll be as appalled by it as I am. Um, I was in an ambulance uh, Saturday night with my daughter, who was being rushed to a hospital. We were at Silver Dollar City, and I was just astonished to see that you could be in an ambulance with the lights flashing and the sirens blaring and nobody is willing to pull over to the side of the road mm -hmm. to yield the right-of-way to somebody who is uh, whose life is in danger first of it all was how's your important how's your daughter she's fine oh, thank good. you and they were wonderful down there and i'll thank the the women paramedics from kimberling city who came and took such good care of her and got her there somehow um, but it, I think the traffic uh, and the, the foolishness of the people who would not pull onto the shoulder and yield to this ambulance uh, were probably a greater risk to her than the actual uh, health, health emergency. 
Uh, that in itself is is a form of uh, of immoral behavior, isn't it? I suppose you could describe that. In in New York, when I lived there, they used to follow the ambulances down the street because they knew there was a clear path. Uh, the right. ambulances got through where no one else would. Right. And uh, we're, we're we're catching on to their morality now. We're a little bit late with ambulances here in the Midwest, but we're on time with the rest of it. It's pretty. It is. Well, I can see what she's saying. It's indicative of who cares. It's mm-hmm. not my life. Yeah, it's yeah. not right. my family. It's not my bank account. I didn't get. I didn't lose any money in the SNL scandal. So what do I care? Right. And if I get to Silver Dollar City five minutes later because of this ambulance, why am I going to be mad? This That's ruin, right. This could ruin my whole weekend. Look we're out ha- for number one. We're happy about your daughter. Thank you for the call. Thank you. Yeah. Bye bye. I was in Massachusetts last week, and uh, Donna and I were driving in a car, and it was a guy behind me on his way to work. He was late for work. And this is not to top this woman's story at all, but it just happened to us. A man behind me honked at an ambulance that was deciding which way to go. He honked at a school bus transporting children. The school bus is stopped, and he's blowing his horn at the school bus, blowing his horn at everybody in, in traffic. So that's okay because that's, that's the East, and that's how they behave over there. Oh, it is not. That Four, was three. one dreadful person. Come on. Four three six seven nine hundred one eight hundred three four seven eleven twenty. You're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I wanted to say that it's. Uh, I had read somewhere a couple of years ago that sixty percent of the population in the United States lives within six hundred miles of St. Louis. So, in my opinion, although the East and the West Coast is where the media is kind of centered, the national media, um, the opinions of the Midwest which have changed very little over the last 50 years or 60 years or 100 years for that matter, they are the ones who seem to kind of be cutting through the water at the same rate all the time, whereas the East and the West Coast are bobbing up and down. You never know what they're going to say. That's a good analogy, but what do you think? What, uh, do you like the way we do it here yes, in the Midwest? Yes, I do. I think, that the, I think Missouri, for example, has been kind of conservative, Republican for the last several uh, terms as senators and governors, et cetera, et cetera, and I like that. I mean, I, I associate with that. I thought Missouri was a big Democratic state, Harry Truman and all that. Well, I don't know. Harry Truman wasn't what you call a uh, uh, red-faced liberal, was he? I mean, he was kind of conservative as a Democrat, was he not? Oh, so, so we're into conservative in the Midwest. I like to think so. In, in other words, keep things just like the way they were 50 years ago. That was the good old days. Well, I don't think 50 years oh. ago, but I don't think we're so reactionary. In other words, when you see things happening on the East Coast, fads, et cetera, even dress and stuff, how long does it take before it filters down to the Midwest? Mm-hmm. And when it filters down, it does, it's not nearly so radical as it is on both coasts. Um, it's more toned down and even acceptable. Even George Will admitted to us. Remember he was talking about baseball uh, on our program a couple of months yeah, ago? Yeah, we did a program with George Will, uh, C-SPAN friends, uh, talking about baseball. And both Bruce and I, well, we know about baseball. Believe me, you could put in the top of your fountain pen. And George didn't want to talk about politics. We did. He wanted to talk about baseball. Now, he was real cranky when I got to politics. Yes, he was. But what did he say other than baseball, Bruce? Well, he said, I asked him if I was wrong in being angry that opinions voiced in magazines such as the one he writes for, Newsweek and Time and U.S. News, etc., if those opinions do not reflect the rest of the country and that people in Washington and in New York think that whatever happens in their town, even if it's a fire, is important to people who live in St. Louis, oh, Missouri. Yeah. And it's, sure. not, it's not true, but they think parochially, and they accuse us of thinking parochially. Oh, especially in Washington. I think Washington as a whole should secede from the Union. I mean, that's a whole uh, United Nations foreign bastion there. I think they lose all 
a connection to where they came from the minute they move inside the belt. Well, a couple of weeks ago, somebody called New York Calcutta without the cows and <laughs> also referred to Washington as... I'm not laughing. It's not, it's not funny. It's, it's sad. It's not funny, but it's, no. it's a pretty apt description. And the city of Washington itself is not quite prosperous enough to be a third world country. That's true. That's true. What else is going on that, that will substantiate well, what you yeah, just said? Well, let's get on the Republicans. Now, if it's uh, true that the economy is no longer a concern, as George Will points out, Mr. Barone says, then why is uh, Newt Gingrich and Jack Kemp, why are those people out there talking about, uh, like, bleeding heart conservatives? I mean, they, they are, are bleeding heart conservatives, uh, Yeah, I mean, they're talking like we need new, we need more housing, uh, we need to help here and there. They've become the men of the people. What's happening here? Newt never will be the man of the people. He's throwing worms to fish, and uh, we're hungry piranhas at this point. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I talked to Newt Gingrich and he, because he was doing a program on yet another cable channel on a Saturday morning, and what he's trying to do is form a grassroots organization of people who do the things that George Bush asked us to do. Work for nothing, volunteer program, thousand, thousand points of light. Mm -hmm. And Newt is giving money out of his own pocket. He's doing, leading by example. And he says the government is a bloated bureaucracy, but he sounds like Jimmy Carter 15 years ago. You don't happen to him. And he said, think of the world in terms of the results we expect from McDonald's. In other words, food in four minutes or you grumble. Mm -hmm. And the results we expect from the government, which is a form saying you can't have this in three months. And he said, our terms of, we accept anything from the government, we accept nothing from Burger King. So we expect more from people who make 335 an hour than we do from senators and congressmen. That's I'd true. Go along with that. Mm -hmm. But he's saying that we need to help people on a grassroots from the ground up level using your money and not tax dollars. This sounds like an apology, uh, an apologist method of going about this. We're not going to do it, so you'd better. But he's cloaking it as though you're more or less guilty if you don't. Well, it's always been the poor what takes care of the poor. I mean, let's face it. I mean, if a, if a rich man gives $5, you know, that old thing about the, the lady giving the talent, uh, it means nothing. So it's the middle class, once again, that is going to have to pick up the tab. Is poverty an exciting issue, though? No. Burning flags, are, that's exciting. Yeah, it is. Sure. So I think Pornog rock lyrics. Let's hear how bad those lyrics are. Play me a few of those. Frontwards. Then we'll play them backwards to see how much worse they get. Well, you know, we had Ron Brown, the chairman of the Democratic National Committee, on about a week before Newt Gingrich. And so even though those equal time laws don't apply anymore, we thought it would be nice and polite. Since we had the Democrats on, we'll have the Republicans on. Could you tell the difference? Well, ne no, because neither <laughs> one was worried. That's right. Neither one was Everything worried. is wonderful. It was all right. Yeah. 436-7900-1800-347-1120. You're on the air. Hello. Yeah, Bruce, I'm after you today. Okay. What are you saying, that we're all conservatives here in the Midwest? We're not. No, I didn't say we were. I said that Midwest is, con is considered to be a bastion of conservatism. No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't agree at all. And if you keep that up, we're going to send you back to New York because you're probably a closet Mets fan. <laughs> <laughs> call me anything but that. Call, oh, me, a, yeah, that's call me a closet pinko. Well, it's better than being a Cubs fan. No, I, just, I really believe, though, that your station is pretty conservative. Uh, most of the people who call in, I know they call you liberals, the people who do call in, but oh, yeah, they it's give an us older great listening audience, and they are more conservative, but I don't think the whole area is that way. Mainly southern Missouri is, but I wouldn't say St. Louis is. But you think the younger folk are not so conservative as their parents? Well, the younger people with more money are conservative. Yeah, because they want to keep it. Huh? Yeah, you betcha. <laughs> and 
they should share it. Well, let me ask you this. When you go home for family reunions, can you sit down with mom, pop, aunts and uncles and speak your piece and say what you really think about what they're talking about? Yeah, I'm usually the minority in that group, though. Yeah, they throw I'm, you out. Huh? I'm a liberal. Ah, well. Proud of it. That's no. a dirty word out here, isn't it? No, it's not. You, you mean when somebody says to you, you're a liberal and probably a feminist as well, you don't cringe? No, no, I don't. Oh, good. I'll defend it. I'm glad to meet you today. Good. <laughs> this, this man is going to be happy about what I say because, as I mentioned, we were in Massachusetts last week, and uh, I have an Eastern liberal conservative son. I have many sons, but I have an Eastern... I shouldn't say liberal conservative. Eastern no, liberal... No, I'm confused there. Okay. Eastern liberal son. All right. A man of almost 30 years who doesn't smoke, doesn't drink, doesn't pollute, is concerned about the economy. He's a minister. No, he's a regular person. A and regular the person? The world is full of people like that, but they're all hmm. in Massachusetts and New York. He frightens me. We had a fight in the car, not a fist fight, because I'm a sensitive man. And a lot older than he is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but we did have a, a spirited discussion in the car, because I'm saying that the economy, the ecology program, the, the hole in the ozone layer, and all the pollution control things are a plot of big business because they're afraid of losing their defense contracts, and so they're going to try something else. They're going to try to clean the environment up and make us pay for it. Oh, Bruce, I had letters about you saying that. Blaming me, of course. I'm glad they Whenever blamed Bruce you. Whenever Bruce says something that nobody likes, I get letters. Well, I'm glad they blamed you because I had yeah. no, there was no reasoning to my argument. Absolutely so, none. Could you explain it? Because I certainly couldn't. But you've become conservative out here in the Midwest, Look right? Look at my suit. Yeah. Look at my suit. I like it. Basic. We're at 436-7900, It's Ann and Bruce on the radio and TV at the same time. An embarrassment of riches. And we'll continue with your calls in a couple of minutes. This is a special replay broadcast from two legendary KMOX personalities, Bruce Bradley and Ann Keefe. This was first aired live on May 31st, 1990 and then later replayed on C-SPAN on June 3rd, 1990. It's Adam Bruce. We're on C-SPAN. We're on KMOX Radio for this unusual hour for us. And, of course, we'll be along to explain everything we said this morning uh, between 2 and 4 this afternoon as well. You're on the air. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I think it's totally outrageous that you can burn the flag, that you can... Uh, and. And that you can't burn the cross for any other reason than to protest, that is totally outrageous. I think, it's, I think it is, too. I think you're right. Let me ask Hang on the line for a second, all right? Well, even more important, what difference does it make? I mean, is that an earth-shattering problem? It shouldn't be problem? allowed at all. No, but who cares? All right, Why not? Let everybody do it. Let everybody go out tonight and burn a flag or burn a cross, and then let's get on with the real problems in America. Wait, 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 wait. Let me find a little story here I've got. Let's burn the cross on the front porch of those guys that were involved in the SNL. I want to ask you a question because this is, uh, and I don't, ex no, let me just ask you the question because okay. I have a couple of editorials from, uh, from the Post. and uh, That's our local paper here in St. Louis. That's our local paper in St. Louis. And uh, the gentleman on the phone is saying, and I agree, that you should not be allowed to burn a cross anywhere in protest of anybody or anything. But then that's, well, what? Listen, I think what's happening here be is... Should No, you don't burn... You can burn anything you like, unless it's going to pollute the uh, atmosphere. I, even burning leaves, I like. But they don't even allow that anymore. What are we coming to in this country? You can't burn a cross. Would that be okay? You, you could, 
Could you, you burn a cross as long as you don't pollute? As long as it doesn't have a rocket attached that's going to threaten somebody in the next county, of course you can burn a cross. A what cross are we with coming to? A control device on it. As the Soviet breaks up, we're taking over, right? I mean, we're going to tell the people what they can do and so what they can So we can offend anybody we want. I want yes. To of course you can defend anybody you want. All right. Let me ask you this, caller. Are you still there? Yeah. Or are you still bearing with me? Yeah. There was a letter to the editor in the Post a couple of days ago. I won't give the person's name but I, because they didn't ask to be on the air. And I will extrapolate from the, uh, from the letter. And it has to do with burning crosses uh, in protest against homosexuality. And this person says, among other things, we cannot legislate morality. That is, we, the straight community, the straight uh, American community, can, cannot legislate morality. But I say they, that is, the homosexual community, cannot legislate immorality. Now, the person's contention is, is that homosexuality, uh, homosexuality is immoral, and they use the Bible to back it up. And how do you argue against that? If, against if, the Bible? If, no, if it's easy. If, if homosexual morality is repugnant to people who believe in uh, the literal word of the Bible, then why is it possible to legislate what they feel is immorality by protecting homosexuals uh, sexuals from having crosses burned on their lawns? That's bringing religion into government, like uh, out in Benicia, California, uh, last month or so. A mayor tried to uh, legislate, put a law in effect that uh, states that the Bible is the word of God, not which Bible, but the Bible. Yeah, that's going to be the problem, isn't it? Figuring out which one and which translation and what spin you put on the translation, which, of course, has caused wars for hundreds of thousands of years. I was looking for a more spirited answer to my question. Well, you know, why do we get zeroed in on these silly issues like, like rock lyrics and burning crosses? When we have, it's because we can avoid, then, the serious issues. It's like if I pick at you about um, not making your bed properly. What I'm really mad about is you're on drugs, you're dropping out of school, and, uh, and you're hanging out with a bad crowd. I mean, that's just silly. All right, that's a point. That's a very good point. It's we always, dis distraction tactics. We always, as, as uh, mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, husbands, wives, attack whoever makes us mad for something little they did three weeks ago. That's right. Rather than saying, uh, you owe me $500,000 and you killed my cat. We never get to the issue. Well, and as far as that letter is concerned about immorality, that's that person's decision. Well, of don't what they have a immoral. right to their opinion? Well, of course they have a right to an opinion, but they don't have a right to make laws based on their opinion. There are people in this country who think it's obscene not to be Christian well, and not to be Christian in their way. How do we defend, how do we decide who is right and who is wrong? And no, what you does, do is you say, anybody who wants to, burn a cross, any place you want to, just don't start a fire, please. And then it will die out because it won't have any meaning anymore. But don't burn leaves. No, don't do that. Unless they're shaped like a flag. <laughs> Welcome back to this replay hour from the KMOX archives, dating back to May 31st, 1990, with KMOX legends Ann Keefe and Bruce Bradley. It's Ann and Bruce at 436-7900-1800-347-1120. We're talking about... What are we talking about? <laughs> Morality. The important thing is is that uh, you address your letters to Ann Keefe. <laughs> yeah, if they're complaints. If they're complaints and about if, me. If they're nice about Bruce, you address them to Robert Hahn, the boss. That's the deal we've worked out. Yes. Mm. Hello, you're on the air. Hi, good morning. Good Hi. morning. 
Well, it's uh, probably unusual here. Uh, for the first time, I can call in and compliment the outfit that Miss Keith is wearing. <laughs> oh, thank you. You don't like my suit? Uh, I made that yeah. necklace myself. Do you like that? Uh, Am I yes, off camera? Did you make too. a deal with these guys? Maybe the person can zoom in on that. <laughs> I did, really. I, I made that with my African beads, yes. So, thank you. What do you got to say? Uh, let's see. You know, it's um, listening to the Space Bridge and all this and all, all the talk uh, about the uh, movement toward free elections and multi-parties in Europe, you know, it's ironic that there's a, a, a movement alive and well in the United States, particularly here in Missouri, toward free elections and multi-parties. Um, you know, what we, really, we don't really mind a one-party system per se. What we really mind about what's going on over there is that they mandate a one-party system by law. How dare they? Well, here in the United States, they virtually mandate a two-party system by law because in, all, in most every state, particularly here in Missouri, they have ballot access laws, the Democrats and Republicans. Are you a libertarian masquerading as a decent person? Uh, <laughs> well, we don't have to masquerade, we libertarians are. But this is not, yes, I happen to be a libertarian, very perceptive of you, Mr. Bradley. However, um, I'm speaking on behalf of all third parties, and even a number of fair-minded Democrats and Republicans who are crying foul at this very unfair system that where they have ballot access laws making it very difficult for independents and all third parties to get on the ballot. Well, let me ask you this. Do we have really two parties, or in your view, do we have one? Well, yes, uh, many third parties, particularly libertarians, would say that the Democrats and Republicans, there's not a whole lot of difference. Right. Uh, the Democrats, they just want to get in to get their special rules enacted for, uh, for their special interests and the Republicans for their special interests. And in both instances, the rights of the people are being lessened and lessened. The Democrats tend to restrict our economic freedoms. Republicans are, are um, civil liberty freedoms. Um, of course, libertarians say we shouldn't use government to restrict either our economic or our um, civil liberties. But, but I'm not really calling to support libertarianism maybe another day. But, but right now I'm just saying you know, it's, it's interesting when, when, when you talk to some of these correspondents or when you open up these space bridges, uh, I don't know, perhaps you could have some third-party representatives on, uh, myself or someone, that could uh, speak to the fact that even in this country, they virtually mandate a two-party system by yeah, law. I think that's true. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people are cut out from the electioneering process, and it's tough enough to be a member of the Democratic Party these days, at least when you're running for president, uh, let alone being a, a third party. Well, back to George Will, whom I like to, whose name I like to drop because he's my only conservative friend. <laughs> um, and he says that the with the two parties, the Democrats spend and spend and tax and tax. The Republicans spend and spend and borrow and borrow. Mm -hmm. But it all comes, and the Libertarians, I think, would probably say right on. They borrow and borrow and borrow until they can't borrow anymore, and then the Democrats win. Then they let us. the Democrats win. Yes, they let the Democrats win to get us out of this. I don't agree, though, that uh, the Democrats and Republicans are so much alike, and it, I don't think if they were, it doesn't make much difference. I think it, you, vote, you vote for the individual. Do you not? Don't you vote for the individual and what he or she stands yeah, for? Yeah, I think more and more in America, parties mean less, uh, certainly at a local level. The old ward healers uh, don't exist in most communities anymore. You couldn't have the machines that you used to have in the daily and Tammy, Tammy, Hall, Tammy Hall days. Uh, no, I think those days are over. But I don't think there's much difference between the two parties. And really also, don't. I think we vote on the basis of one overriding issue. You can lose or win elections, at least in the state of Missouri, on your position on flag burning, on your position on abortion. On your position on a number of things. You don't win or lose issues. PR agencies build an acceptable product or an unacceptable one. They're the ones. It's the spinners. It's the Madison Avenue guys that win or lose elections. Well, they win or lose elections on behalf of a candidate who ascribes to what it is they suggest. No, he just thought he reads the teleprompter. With. He just reads whatever they print. No, George Bush knew what his PR people were doing when he ran for the presidency sure in did. 1990. 
Yeah, and he just, and he did it. And he, he read did it. it. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, had it been repugnant to him, he wouldn't have gone for it. All right. Oh, I forget <laughs> we're on television. <laughs> yes. Hello, you're on the air. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Good morning. Good, Good morning, morning, sir. Thanks for calling. How are you? Uh, you mentioned flag burning, and I think flag burning is an issue where, uh, upon which uh, candidates can be uh, defeated and elected nationwide. That's not something that's unique to, to the upper Midwest. Uh, we just had a bill passed by our legislature here in Louisiana you may or may not be familiar with, which uh, states very succinctly that while it is still against the law to uh, perform uh, battery, on someone in the act of caught in the act of burning a flag, the fine has now been reduced to twenty-five dollars. I did read about that. Yes, uh, which has, uh, of course, uh, produced an enormous hue and cry here in Louisiana. But this, this is typical of the of the sort of brilliant legislation that has, has uh, come to uh, been passed. Do you well, also the, have law? Do, do lawmakers down there uh, bother themselves with uh, guaranteeing a balanced budget? Uh, with uh, dealing honestly with the taxpayers about where the money is going, uh, improving the education system and the health system. Are, are they busy with those things, too? You got my vote, Ann. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that's, here again, we have so many uh, more significant fish sure. to fry and plates to spin here with a budget that's out of control, politicians, and, and a political system that is, is fraught uh, with... Uh, fraud. With, with fraud, <laughs> if you will, yes. Uh, from uh, the local dog catcher to the uh, to the governor's office, uh, it's uh, yet here again. You know, we we're uh, right now in the throes of a tr uh, fight over a lottery. Uh, this state, uh, there is a certain uh, uh, segment of the population in this state that that is demanding a lottery. There's a um, an equally vociferous group from the the northern portion of the state. We still have a civil war here in Louisiana, South. North versus South. And Men Facebook. versus women, too, yeah. right? What's that old, uh, watch my hand now. Don't watch what my right hand's doing. Just watch my left hand. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I just, I, I think that there are pockets of, of, of conservatism, uh, virulent pockets of conservatism in, in all corners of this country. Yeah, I think that's uh, true. I, I don't think that it's something that's unique to the, to the upper Midwest uh, nor to the deep South. And Glad to have you. Join us again. They were getting calls from all over America. Oh, good. And we're on C-SPAN, as you know, and... We'll just be on the radio this afternoon between uh, 2 and 4 as we ordinarily are. But this has been a delight, and uh, we thank you all for your calls and your interest. We're talking about how wonderful we are in the Midwest and how terrible everybody else is. Is that a balanced portrayal of... Uh, sure. Well, how would we know they were terrible if we weren't wonderful? You have well, to compare us to something. You've got to have a comparison. Sure. But now we're asking, and they're calling and saying, yes, you are wonderful, and we are terrible. But okay. listen to this. The Supreme Court. I, I don't even want to go into this. These are such disgusting decisions. Uh, drunken driving. You can uh, double jeopardy if you charge somebody with drunken driving. They kill somebody, and it's a hundred dollar fine on their off. This just happened in Illinois yesterday, also. Uh, child abuse. Uh, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. If if you get charged with drunken driving, if I run you over in my car, right, and the officer says, uh, "Bruce, you you degenerate drunk, you ran over Ann Keefe and killed her," right, I'm going to fine you a hundred dollars for uh -huh. doing this. If you plead guilty to drunken driving, I say, "Yes, sir, I was drunk." Find me the hundred bucks. I'm off the hook, and no one can charge me with murder or manslaughter. Oh, there was another case like in that Illinois. in Illinois mm -hmm. in a bar. Yeah. Uh, somebody hit a guy, hit Beat another guy. Beat a man with a water pitcher who cannot move beyond his... Beat him till he's paralyzed. Yeah. And yeah. the fine was $100 because they had charged him already with minor assault or something. And the Supreme Court says, this is okay. It also says that... How can that be when they say in court, and we're going to hit you with four counts of this and three counts of that, and why can't you have... 
two or three things you're convicted of. Double jeopardy. I'm going to get Art Fleming in here to discuss this. <laughs> With his double-breasted suit. Yes. We have time for a call or two. Because they're doing better than we are. Hello, oh, you're okay. on the air. Hello. Hello. Oh, good morning. I'm sorry. Hi. Uh, Hi. Yes, I, I just like to make a comment real quick. Uh, I just find it hypocritical that uh, uh, burning a cross when um, that would be like me burning the manger because I'm against adultery. I mean, what, <clears throat> why aren't there laws against adultery? Or um, uh, what do you see the point I'm making? Mm -hmm. or, uh, why, why aren't we burning... Uh, these murderers' pants because uh, they're out there murdering homosexuals. You can burn a manger as long as it doesn't contain leaves. Uh, I think leaf so. burning. Yes, or hay. This is, this is why we're Very in the trouble insane. we're in. This is, uh, this is a national source, and this is my primary source, aside from the National Enquirer and the Star. This is the front page of USA Today a couple of days ago. These are the leaders of the future, Anne. Almost four out of five college students favor legalized abortion. Uh, a report of 1,006 undergraduates says most challenging moral dilemmas facing the nation are, as far as college people are concerned, premarital sex followed by abortion, drugs, and drinking. Half of those students have tried marijuana, but 69% say it should be outlawed. It should be illegal the way it is. In other words, we smoke it, but we don't want to have it legal. And they admire Ronald Reagan, who is the most staunch anti-abortionist there is, even though four out of five of them favor abortion. And, of course, Ronald Reagan himself. Uh, anti-abortion man that he was, signed the abortion law into law in California. So this is why, at least that's why I think we're having trouble. Well, that's why you need Madison Avenue to figure out what it is you say today that will get you elected. I say thank God for America and public relations. I'm with you, Bruce. I hope you enjoyed this replay hour from the KMOX archives with Ann Keefe and Bruce Bradley, aired on May 31st, 1990. If you'd like to replay this hour or share it with a friend, you can find it in the KMOX Radio Documentaries podcast page. I'm your host, Ryan Recker, and I've also produced radio documentaries for Mr. Robert Hyland and Jim White and Ann Keefe. If you'd like to hear those, again, search for KMOX Radio Documentaries wherever you get your podcasts. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t